This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we kick off our year of animation by looking at Ralph Bashke's Wizards. It's it's gonna it's gonna get weird. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul, and to my left is Steve. Hello, everyone. And so I'm going to ask for some forgiveness for this year of animation, because uh, I know last year we got really excited and made an intro for the year of animation, sorry, for the year of canon. Uh, it's just, this This is going to be odd because we haven't really picked the movies out, so I can't really search for things to kind of pick from, so it's kind of a little weird. And also, I had a, a kind of an immediate and suddenly busy week after we got recording last week. So um, I, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to say that the last thing people, uh, the last thing people aren't going to hear from me is being like, Hey, that guy outside on a, he was, he was yelling pretty loud. Later, let's talk about Mr. Rogers. Like, <laughs> cause I feel like that'd be the beginning of like a true crime show of like, little do you know, one hour later, you right. know, like, so, I'm just going to say this because I got I got to put this on record. So about an hour after Steve left, and I believe he worked uh, in coordination with what happened. That's why he left. Uh, Steve won't admit to this, but I think he has an inside man on this job. Uh, that gentleman that was outside yelling uh, evidently was yelling at this house, and he uh, tried to forcibly break into the house for reasons that aren't quite sure. But definitely there was snow scrapers and windows breaking like violently. Like this isn't just like, I want to steal your stuff. It is like something like out of a slasher film. It was, you know, terrifying. Um, and so Steve wasn't here for that. So that was good. Yeah. I um, had already been home at that point. So. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it because it's like my, like it was, it was terrifying, but also at the same time, like my brain couldn't believe it. Right. So like I was on the phone with nine one one, and my wife, you know, she was very upset, trying to figure out where the cats were. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I was trying to tell the cats are fine, uh, but like I was trying to make sure, like, did I tell the the police the right address? Like I didn't want them to be like, yeah, we're the next street over. It's like, oh no, we're dead. Like I didn't want that. To, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it is Cleveland. How fast I, well, did they get here? Considering like Uber Eats and like a door, diner dash, they can't ever find our house. Uh-huh. I was like. I hope the police can like, you right. know, like, so they, it just, yeah, this dude was like six, five big dude, like just like breaking windows. And he went uh, to my wife's office, broke those windows. I showed Steve the, the window I have in my office where you can see the gouge marks in the glass that he was trying to get through here. He went, he actually came to our bedroom window and tried getting in there and like pushing the, the um, air conditioning unit, which it screwed into like the window frame. So there was going to be no purchase there, but he ended up like, he was in the process of breaking our neighbor's door down when the police showed up. So they got him. So that's good. It's just, this isn't like an episode of law and order where it's like, and you'll never see this again. Now we have to kind of work with the legal system and see what's up. So yeah. we're fine. Everybody's fine. Nothing was stolen. Cats are okay. It's just that, um, I was trying to tell my upstairs neighbors, like we're talking about what happened. Cause they were obviously, 
you know, freaked out too, rightfully so. They're calling the cops too, thankfully, because, you know, people stab in your house. You better call the cops, right? That feel, mm-hmm. That's an appropriate response. Someone stab in your house, you call the cops. Uh, you don't try to reason with them. Like no. They're stabbing your house. Um, I was telling the the young lady that lives upstairs, I was like, yeah, it was like, it was like an hour after recording this podcast. She's like, oh, what do you record? And I was like, well... The irony is not going to is not going to escape you of me just of my co-host and I having this like hour long talk about how Mister Rogers is a great person and how we need to have more love in the world, and then like sixty minutes later, someone's actively breaking into our house to cause harm. That did not escape me. <laughs> like, so it's like it's like you know, do you, like when Steve's like, like how how do you know how well do you know your neighbors, Paul? Well, not that well, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it was weird, and I'm still processing. So. Anyway, uh, just wanted wanted a bookend of like they'd be like, whatever happened to that yelling guy? Well, we found out what happened to that yelling guy, and it wasn't about Star Wars or Spider Man; it was about whatever, right? So it was. I'm just yeah. glad that you guys were safe and everything turned out okay. So I just I'm surprised you weren't here the next day with like a, like a notepad being like, well, you know, I do work on this web comic about a guy <laughs> that does things again, like you know, he breaks laws probably window. No, I'm joking. I know you wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> that would be weird. Be like, Paul, can I come over and look at the glass? Steve, that's weird. Why would you do that? Just, you know, for point, I'm just going to do some sketches. Like, just want to like, see yeah. where it fell. It's and like, It's like he used a snow scraper, not a knife. I mean, that's not a true slasher. Like, you know, whatever. Although it is interesting to me just because, like, your, your windows are not, like, I, I would imagine it would be tough to climb through the window if you did break it open yeah no no like there's th- those aren't the things you think about though at the time right. i mean oh, no, no no i'm not no, no, I'm, it's double pane glass i mean yeah. it's like it's not like i mean these windows are a little older but they're not like you know the easiest of windows to deal with right and if you like when you saw the pictures i posted online like the the windows where he was trying to break it's like that would be you'd be hard to get Pull in with agility yeah, yeah. Um, it's still scary as hell and a real threat i just meant that like Obviously, he wasn't thinking his plan through anyway, but I was just like, wow, what was he, how was he going to actually get in? Like, yeah. it seems, yeah. Because I feel like you would probably cut yourself to ribbons trying yeah. to climb through all that. So, uh, yeah, these are not things that occurred to me at the time, you know, but. Perhaps the guy breaking into your house, uh, screaming and yelling, didn't have the best plan, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Who would have uh, thought that he, yeah. he's like, you know, step one, stab house, step three, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing to be like, you know, relieved about is, is that it was an ice scraper and not like you know he had a hammer or something you know or like, well even a gun like that's yeah. like i mean so well i mean like, you know the guns you know i mean yeah i i i realized that i went to hammer instead of gun i was just thinking like <laughs> banging instrument yeah so yeah i i give you a hammer and raise you a gun so it just yeah so anyway everybody's fine we're all fine steve's fine but I just, again, I just had to mention that because it's like just literally just being like, man, we don't deserve Mr. Rogers or whatever. And it's just like, oh, like it's just one of those things where you're just like, it kind of tests your resolve a little bit. Like yeah. how, how well do you believe this? You know? So, but enough about that. Uh, so uh, this is our year of like we did, like it was the last couple of years we did the year of the knockoff and then year of Canon. Now we're going to do year of animation, which is one we're going to kind of play by ear because one, uh, it was fun having structure, but it's also kind of like. You know, there'd be times where we would be like, ah, do we really want to, like, you have to be in the mood for things sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know if we were always in the well, best mood yeah, for I mean, some of the things we picked. Towards the end, I definitely, because uh, I was all about wanting to watch Over the Top, and then I watched Over the Top, and I'm like, wow, this is not hold well for me to, <laughs> at all. So sometimes thinking you know what you want isn't always the best either, so it's nice to have a little 
some looseness in that yeah. schedule. And so, and since you're an artist and you're a creator, um, and you'd mentioned animation, um, I guess, I guess the conversation we should have a little before we get into wizards is more like, um, what were the movies like growing up for you? Like the animated films are the ones that you're like, you know what? I, not that you want to do animation, but I'm sure if there was an animated Saturday slasher film, it'd be weird, but I'm sure it would be, uh, yeah. Be pretty great, <laughs> like, um, but like, what were the ones that kind of drew you in? Where you're like, this is like that you, your mind would go on fire because you're a kid and you just loved it. Or, um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I, I I feel like Disney. I think everybody grows up watching Disney films. Mm-hmm. Although, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so most of the Disney films that were coming out at the time weren't the quality that they are now, and they weren't the the same that they were, say. I feel like the Disney movies that I grew up with are the ones that came out in the you know the 30s, 40s, 50s, whenever. Yeah, because you know, they they did they a, were recycled they, every couple of years. They would they would have those timed releases, which actually plays into something we'll talk about a little later with Wizards about Disney and their vault and how they would bring stuff out and kind of because the, the home video wasn't a thing for like mm. until you know you're you know until you're growing up. So like they do these revivals. So yeah, like I remember seeing uh, the Fox and the Hound in the theater when they brought it back out in the eighties, and I remember seeing like Robin Hood and like those things. So yeah, like and it's like you as a kid you don't think about them being you know forty years old, right? So um, yeah, that like but I like for the only thing I could think of that I remember just like head over heels in love with just because it's just who I was was the Transformers of the movie. Because well, I felt yeah. like, yeah, I felt like it was targeted towards like, I'm like, this is a serious story. And it's like, it is, you know, yeah. and, but. And maybe we can cover that during the year because um, I'm very fond of that film myself. Um, I think Lady and the Tramp is the one that I always go back to as being my quote unquote favorite uh, Disney film. Uh, I love the look of that movie. Um, yeah, I, it, it's interesting because I'm I'm now floating through like all the movies that I saw in the theater as a kid that were animated, and a lot of them I don't want to say. So like, there's um, Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin, which I actually don't remember if I saw that in the theater, but it's a movie that I'm like afraid to watch again because I, <laughs> I I know have, what you're talking about. I don't think I've seen it. I have fond memories of it, but it's one of those ones that I I'm. I'm afraid that I'm going to watch it and be like, oh, man, this is not even close to being as good as I remember it being. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a... I mean, like, I saw the Heathcliff movie in the theater. Heathcliff was, uh, you know, the the comic strip cat that... Uh, the one that wasn't Garfield, that was yeah. orange. And uh, that was literally, I think, three episodes just wrapped up in a movie um so like my experiences with animation in the theater at least as a kid it, you know change and or i shouldn't say change but we're so were you more like ran it, the gamut so i guess it's probably it. theatrical stuff of course right but i mean i guess because we were the target market for saturday morning cartoons that was the big thing right mm. so that's probably where the love affair started probably more than likely for for me you know and and mm. you know for you um and it's it's Weird to me in a good way because, like, so there was that episode of the toys that made us that dealt with the notion of Kawhi and it dealt with uh, uh Hello Kitty and th- about the whole thing of like how some of those cartoony edges that were in like, um, like the cute culture that was in, in Japan was seen just as kids, but then you give it 20 years and suddenly those kids are grown ups and now this thing's starting to permeate and it's become a big part of culture, right? I feel like 
we kind of grew up in the age where it's like this stuff was targeted towards us. So now we grew up and it's like, I, as we, as I mentioned last week, um, you know, pre house break in that's, that's, that's going to be like my marker. Now it's going to be my battle with Yavin. So no, no, <laughs> um, uh, that like, uh, you know, seeing Mr. Rogers be around those kids, like realizing like, how much of a, a heart he has for them. And I'm not really a kid person, but I'm excited for animated movies. And I will like, and there's so much grown up, um, like adult cartoons now, like not, you know, not like some of the stuff Ralph Bakshi did, but we'll talk about that in a second, but more like, like I love Rick and Morty. I love, you know, Bob's burgers, though that's more wholesome than Rick and Morty. I don't think we would have any of this. If this wasn't like, if the generation that's making it didn't grow up with it being presented to them in like a Saturday morning format where it was part of their, like, you know, daily life. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've got a few years on you, but uh, I think also one of the, the big ways that it came around, at least for me, was was uh, when Cartoon Network became a thing in the 90s, it was A, oh, they're going to bring back all these shows that we watched as kids. You know, when they first started out, mm-hmm. that was 90% of it was just old stuff. But then they were like, hey, we're going to offer you, you guys like weird stuff like Space Ghost, Ghost Coast to Ghost. like. Yeah. You know, so I I really dug that stuff. I didn't watch very much. I watched some Samurai Jack. I didn't watch much of like, um, oh man, I can't think of the name of the series now. Um, is it Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Um, so I don't really have like a knowledge of that stuff, but um, that sort of Saturday morning flavor, you know, was brought into my adulthood again, um, and all that stuff kind of became new. And and you're right because I think. When I look back at The Simpsons, you know, I don't think you have The Simpsons if you don't have the Flintstones thirty years prior. Oh no, know, absolutely, that kind of thing. yeah. And and if it wasn't for The Simpsons, having like, I don't think you would have like like Family Guy and like not that not, not that we're like speaking of like quality, but like just there there's these doors that open right that like more and more happens. And you mentioned like Cartoon Network, and then of course like I, there's still so much Adult Swim stuff that I adore. Like I I love C Lab 2021. Like it's just so stupid and I love it, but like it's just everything kind of builds upon each other and so when we talk about animation i know we're going to be picking movies and i know like um we're going to be talking about like one of the movies you want to get to because it's been on my list shame is batman the mask of the phantasm Mm -hmm. which is you know it's an animated film but it was from its roots are from the animated series we're going to be just picking films for all 12 of these so there is a difference between something released theatrically and something for television. However, I think it's important to understand that like we live in a world of animation. Now we live like, you know, like I'm more excited for some of these shows to come back or like new seasons of stuff versus like live action or some dramas and things. And so, um, and, and there's people, people don't really bad die anymore about how you get your content. So I think that, this will be an interesting journey through this year because, especially with this first movie we're t- we're watching and talking about, because the context for this is so my, my frame of reference is so off from when this film came out because I'm having a hard time putting myself in that mindset. So I, I don't know. I just I don't really know where the conversation was going to go with this, except I wanted to have a little bit of grounding conversation about animation. Yeah, and I wish I could like say, oh, you know, I'm. I loved Akira, and I'm, you know, uh, God, I was going to make the reference, and I'm hoping I don't screw up his name, but um, Miyazaki, you know, yeah. I'm a big uh, fan of his. Like, I don't really have a basis in that. I, I don't have some sort of, like, high art that I can... I, I'm, I Maybe I'm being too uh, nice by calling it uh, 
high art. I don't know. Oh how no, you people it, like I, and they're, they're, yeah. I would say I, it's right. I just I I don't have a uh, you know, and maybe we can dig into some of that stuff, but I don't have a uh, background in that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough when I think of like animation. It is hard for me to separate you know the Saturday morning or episodic nature of animation from you know the theatrical because most of the stuff that I did see theatrically most of the time was. Disney or like cash grabs, like here's three episodes of Heathcliff released as a movie, like that kind of thing. Oh, there you go, pulling a skeleton of a fish out of a trash can. You know, like, <laughs> uh, um, and then there's there's a lot of international stuff too that I'm, that is of important. Like you mentioned Miyazaki's a lot of their work uh, with um, uh, Studio Ghibli. You know, like there's a lot of stuff there that I've not seen, and it's a big blind spot for me. So maybe we should pick one of them. That'd be great. And actually, um, uh, you know, I, again, I don't want to go super DC with this as well, but it might be interesting to look at the old Fleischer Brothers Superman cartoons. I don't know if you watched any of those. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, those are really, really well done. Um, and a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, some of the look of Batman the Animated Series directly comes from that. So Okay, yeah, that'd be worth worth looking into. And I know one of the films I'm going to get Steve to watch is, um, it's, an an, an, it's an anime uh, film called uh, Perfect Blue, which we I know I met, I butchered the name last week. Um, I think we called it Perfect Strangers. That's not right. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, the, that famous Saturday morning cartoon, Perfect Strangers. Um, but no, we're going to look at that too. So, um, but yeah, we're we're going to kind of just like neuter our way through this a little bit. Um, and I figure in that spirit, it's it's weird. And and it kind of it almost fits very appropriately that we're like let's just do wizards let's just just watch this movie because you I've always heard of let me rephrase I've never always heard of this but but what it, it's been coming like something I've been seeing like more and more of my passings of things as I kind of explore other cinema yeah this is something that's always kind of been out there um, there's actually a um, brewery um, I think they're called Three Floyds. They they have a bottle. I'll have to bring it up to show you on my phone, uh, Steve. Not you guys. You guys can look up yourself. But it's the it's Necron ninety nine is on the bottle on the weird horse thing, and it's like it, I forget the name of the beer, but it's like I looked at that like two years ago and I posted on Facebook. I was like, I was like this whatever this beer is, it looks amazing. And my friend's like, you've never seen Wizards? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I, I had not seen uh, Wizards before this, and. I think that's what's actually going to be more interesting about this uh, year outside of um, the year of canon was is that most of the movies that we discussed I'd previously seen or had knowledge of. Um, Perfect Blue, each you've mentioned, I've not seen. I actually don't even know that much about it. Wizards, I had absolutely no knowledge of it going into this. So um, it'll be more of a cleaner perspective, I think, in some ways, uh, because I'll be visiting them for the first time as opposed to you know, watching Delta Force, which nothing wrong with Delta Force. It's just I'd seen it before. So. Yeah. No, so there's going to be stuff in here, too. Like, I know um, when we were talking, like, uh, pre-show last week where I said something about the Iron Giant. You're like, you've never seen that? Or did we actually talk yeah. about it on the show? I don't um, know. If, I don't think we talked about it on yeah. the show. But yeah. I, have, I have not seen it. And that's, I mean, maybe we're all filling up all the episodes. I don't know. But there, there's a lot of stuff here that I'm sure we'll pick that I've not seen. But that, but I do want to bring something like Perfect Blue to you because I want your input on it, and I'm sure there's stuff that you've seen that I have not seen yet. So it'll be. And good we to should also sh- throw it out to the audience if there's something that you guys think that you know must be seen that we haven't already just you know mentioned. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm up for anything. I mean, on the strength of watching the trailer and going, "Wow, this looks really bizarre," I ended up just buying Wizard off Wizards 
uh, right off the rip because the trailer is like, this looks really weird. This looks like it's going to be a crazy ride. I, I might as well just buy it because it was 10 bucks on Vudu. Um, and now so, you have it forever. And now I have it forever. So I'm going to show Steve this. This is um, um, a label from the Necron 99 that Three Floyds has put out. And it's called a Scorch style ale as opposed to a Scotch ale. So okay, but look at look at how badass they make Necron ninety nine look there <laughs> versus what's in the movie. Like when I saw that bottle, I'm like, this guy's a badass. Like he looks like Lumpy Deadpool, but that's fine. Like, <laughs> Lumpy Deadpool. Um, you know that'd be that's my cosplay this year. <laughs> Lumpy Deadpool. Look for him at Wizard World in March. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lumpy Deadpool. Lumpy Deadpool. Um, so so yeah, let's just um we'll we'll uh let's just get into Wizards here. So I guess. Uh, I would just, I'll throw a spoiler out, then we'll play the trailer. Uh, so, Do you know why they are called spoilers? I mean, if, if this film's from 77. If you've not seen it by now, uh, there are spoilers. Because Steve and I hadn't seen it. <laughs> but yeah. if you have any interest in seeing this movie and not have it spoiled for you, uh, you know, stop listening right now and then uh, watch it and wonder about life and then come back and listen to our talk about it. So anyway, we're just going to listen to the, the trailer here real quick and then we'll get into to Wizards. Out of the imagination of Ralph Bakshi, master of animation, comes the story of a mystical land in the far distant future. A land inhabited by enchanted creatures. A land ruled by wizards. Attention, leaders of tomorrow's master race. The evil Black Wolf, Wizard of Darkness, who summons up the creatures of hell and launches an army of mutants, monsters, and unspeakable horror upon the gentle people of Montega. Only one force stands in the path of Black Wolf's evil horde, the Wizard of Good, the Messiah of Peace, the mighty Avatar. You gotta be kidding. I'm too old for this sort of thing. Ralph Bakshi's epic animated adventure, Wizards, rated PG. Yeah, and you got, um, what, uh... Peter Falk there and just going back to bed at the end. He's just done. He's just done with everything. Yeah, it's not actually Peter Falk. It's I know. A, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he was doing a Peter Falk impression. Like, he was. Which I don't know why, but sure. Um, it, it was kind of uh, one weird. of the things I did not enjoy about the film. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So yeah, Wizards uh, came out in 1977. Uh, it, it, it is the, the love child of Ralph, uh, Ralph Bakshi. Um, guess we should talk a little bit about him before we dig into this actually. So here, here's the thing that I was surprised. Um, and again, my knowledge is all based upon the Wikipedia. So I, I am not knowledgeable. Other people are, but I started reading about this. I did not realize, like, I, I've heard the name Ralph Bakshi. Like he did, he did the Lord of the Rings, which came after this one, mm -hmm. which I wouldn't have known. Like, I don't know, like my timeline for his stuff is weird. I know he did Fritz the Cat. Uh, which I've seen. I saw um, there's um, a Case Western University that has like the Cinematheque. Mm -hmm. I think it's Case Western or is it Cleveland? I don't know. It's Case Western, right? I don't know. Sure. Anyway, sure. They had the Cinematheque, which is like their fancy showing of movies. And it's like you get to watch a movie, but in a classroom. So I ended up seeing Fritz the Cat over there. Okay. Weird viewing experience where you're like, oh, this is like a place where people are learned. Those cats are going to have sex. Like it's just a weird, <laughs> it's a weird mix of That's things. That's actually another one. I, honestly, looking at most of his filmography, most of the things that he's done, I have not seen. But the, I just didn't realize how much he had done, and like yeah. actually how much in the industry he was, or still yeah. he's still around. But like just knowing that, like I, I didn't know that Fritz the Cat was actually like very successful film because it was always taboo, like around yeah. like like that and like um like 
what I mentioned to my mom the one time I was going to watch um, Heavy Metal, and she's like, no, no, you can't watch that. I'm like, what? And she's like, oh, I thought you meant Heavy Traffic, which is something he worked on. And it's like, but Heavy Metal's still weird. Whatever. Yeah. My mom was okay with that one. I don't know. Um, but so there was always this weird stigmatism about like these movies, but I didn't realize how financially successful they were considering that uh, a few of these were, were X rated at the time uh, because of their content. Um, but they were fairly well received as well. Like, um, and, and then you get a little bit later. So I didn't realize that he kind of had like not carte blanche, but he was, he was something that was in demand until like the greater populace started getting offended. And then he kind of got pushed to the side. So I didn't realize that like he was actually kind of not not a big player, but like was showing that independent animation could be successful, you know, if if given the right support. Mm-hmm. So that was something I did not realize. Yeah, I believe he also worked on the uh, the uh, Spider Man sixty six cartoons. Yeah, he he oversaw that, which I know I need because <laughs> there's I think um, the the whole the whole thing people now that meme of Spider Man pointing at each other yeah. that's from that series, right? And so. I know that some of those stories get really weird and I need to go back now and watch some of them just to be like, I wonder how much of this was him just being like, I have an idea. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all right, let's just do it. I, I've watched, uh, I obviously I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched quite a few in my day. Um, a lot of uh, recycled backgrounds, uh, a lot of times where, uh, and it happens in this too, where it's like, we need a background. Okay, go ahead and spill some ink on the desk and we'll just photograph that. Like sometimes it's just weird. <laughs> weird backgrounds will pop up in that spider-man series um but it's 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 you know it's worth it uh just for a fun watch but it's not something that you're going to get like a lot out of i don't think well that and he so he also would push what could be considered like well like animation in terms of like one because he wanted to do something different and two because he just didn't have the money yeah to do a lot of things like i was reading about how uh wherever he wanted to to use different um, bits of stock film because he he didn't get enough money to finish Wizards the way he wanted, which I thought was funny that he was being told by Fox no more money in the same meeting where George Lucas is like, I need some more money to finish Star Wars. They're like, no more money. So yeah. they're in the same same room being told they can't get any more. And they both almost had the same deal with Fox of you get the toy rights, you get some of this, and they're basically told them like, you guys, you're getting paid anyway. Just use your own money to finish it the way you want. And how much these two diverged a great deal. Though I feel, I would argue that there's actually a lot, Wizards has a lot in common with the first Star Wars film in some ways. I'm not, Steve's going to get upset that I'm going to say that. Um, And not not just to Mark Hamill. That's where my mind first went. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So the whole thing of like the backgrounds, um, like the way that they would shoot some of the, 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 the pains with like the, like the weird animation, then also with the rotoscoping. That that works in this film. I, oh, I think that that's yeah. actually visually. There's a lot of cool, interesting visuals. I was just saying, like with the Spider-Man series, like sometimes there would just be backgrounds that pop up. You're like, wow, that that's really weird for, you know, yeah. a Spider-Man cartoon, if you will. No, no, and like, and, and and also with like Fritz the Cat, they would do things where they take like actual photos of backgrounds, and then they would do like a watercolor painting of them. So mm-hmm. like you get like this. There's a lot of that's a, so when I was mentioning earlier that. Um, I'm having a hard time putting my brain in the right context. It's not because I'm not physically aware of this film's place and time. It's just knowing like what you see there and then also like seeing Fritz the cat or, and, and knowing that at the time when these movies had come out, that people going to the theater 
probably never saw anything like this before. And just the style of animation and the challenges of the different concepts being put there were probably revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also the one film in here too, that, um, uh, he made before wizards called coonskin that I'm not going to say that name too many times because I just feel bad saying it. Um, but it's, it, it, because the context is not good. Um, it is him doing like a modern update of kind of the song of the South and just like completely just taking everybody to task for it by being like very not exploitative is not the right word, but like he was saying something with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing that when you mentioned and Steve, I'm steamrolling. So please stop me if I'm getting too far afield here. Um, when you mentioned that you're watching of the Disney films, a lot of it's just because a lot of it would come out again and again. Yeah. Um, Song of the South actually had a re-release in the seventies. And so it was, in, it was still in the public eye. And so for him to make that film, I feel like, I feel like it played in the eighties at some point. It did. No, okay. it absolutely oh, that's did. what I'm like, yeah, you know, no, you're absolutely like, I right. I didn't imagine, no, no, imagine no. that. I feel like I also remember it, watching it. It was, it was the last, for some reason. it was the last time it came out. Um, that, like I think I mentioned on the, the podcast here previously that I kind of got hooked into, there's this long standing. A uh, really well-made podcast called "You Must Remember This," and the young lady that does that show did a six-part thing on "Song of the South," and she specifically mentions um, uh, Ralph Bakshi's film. I'm going to mess. The I said the name twice. Fine, I'm going to just mess it all up, right? Um, Ralph Bocci Ball, uh, his this film. Uh, Coonskin, she mentioned that specifically and then how like people when it came out they're like oh well that's just insensitive and like you're you know being it's like but song of the south had just come out re-released again and no one thought twice about it and it's like you just and whenever his, his, his the characters in that were actually being really closely drawn to the characters of like a uh, rare rabbit rare fox from song of the south like everyone's like you can't draw them that close to that because they're you're going to get disney on you and so it's like he I, I what I'll say this is that he was not afraid to say what he thought and to be like, this is important to me. I'm going to do it my way. And I can respect that a great deal. Um, so there, there was a lot about the context of going into this movie, wherever he said, well, I can make a family appropriate feature. Yeah. I mean, that's not X rated. This is PG. After watching the movie, I was kind of surprised that he said that this was his family film. Um, <laughs> but that is also out of the context of, I think, I honestly think the only other ones that I've seen um, are, uh, I feel like I saw Lord of the Rings as a kid, and I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I've never read the books. Um, I remember watching the animated version as a kid, didn't really care for it all that much, and I think the movies are, are okay. I I enjoyed them when they came out. I don't know that I've revisited a Lord of the Rings movie since... 2005 I think is when Return of the King came out. Neither have I. I saw the those three in the theater and then like I've not seen any of the new stuff. Yeah, I, I realize yeah. it's heresy for a lot of people, but I just it it never really rang true with me the way it does with a lot of other people. Um so just not my bag unfortunately. Yeah. So um, that that's fair. <laughs> but I, you know, I can I, I when I when I think of him, I I would say that one of the first things that I think of is probably his Lord of the Rings adaptation, which reading I was reading about that, uh, he was under the knowledge under the idea that it'd be a three film set, and then they're like, "Nope, we're gonna try to cram it into two. And then they're like, "Okay, we'll just release the first part." And like, you know, he's like, none of, the, "None of the marketing told anybody that was supposed to be part one of two. Mm -hmm. And so people are leaving the theater like, "What just happened?" <laughs> and, and so, what did I just watch? Yeah, so um, it wasn't received well because yeah. it just left people like confused, you know, and. 
I, cause there was supposed to be a whole nother second part of that film, you yeah. know? Um, but I remember watching that growing up, like in the sense of like, I remember seeing the art style. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Like, and it's not nothing against the film. It's just that when you grow up, you, you, you don't know, hold everything. That's the other thing that it just it brought to mind was is uh, the other movie that I think of when I think of like animation that I saw as a kid is uh, that's not in that vein, but I always go to Charlotte's Web. That's one of the yeah. other big ones that that's, I think yeah. of um, from that time frame. But when it comes to Bashki, I really didn't have much of a much of a basis for his previous work, and um, I am interested. I've never seen Fritz the Cat. I'd be curious to sit down and watch it. Uh, I think Coonskin is actually on YouTube for free. Yeah, um, I think I think you're right. Just because it's like, you know, who's going to pick up the, it, who's yeah. going to pick up the rights to that? Because it, it, it's just again, I, you know, I, I think it's. The, I have not watched it. I do want to see it because they're just reading about things that people consider that to be his most important and best work. So. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's it's worth my time to watch it and, and process it, um, because there there he there are themes in Wizards too that um, and there's moments that like I was just like holy crap like that's actually happening right now mm-hmm. that like it just it was so naked like no like just so bold of like this is what you're looking at and that had to have been just like people sit in the theater being like this is in our face and it's like it's abstract but it's right there you know yeah and i think abstract is a really great way of describing it because there's some really wonderful uh use of color and um i don't even want to say ideas but they're, they're more of um mixing the like you said the rotoscoping film using actual film using um these really wonderfully designed backgrounds. And then um, you'll have a, a a still piece that's been drawn uh, as a sort of transition from scene to scene. So there's a lot of it, visually arresting stuff. It, it's in the it's movie. weird to say it feels like it's mixed media, but it feels like it's mixed media. Yeah, like, it, it's like, it, it, it feels yeah. experimental. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. So um, I guess, just to get into the film itself, because, I mean, we could talk about context all we want. But so this is like it's supposed to be like a fairy tale that is the story of two brothers, uh, Avatar, uh, the last airbender. And um, I don't know. What's his name? And Black Wolf. Um, yes, yeah. Avatar and Black Wolf. Black Wolf. And I like how the whole thing is like, and then they were born, the one that is beautiful and good. And then <laughs> the that son of one. a bitch. Like, just like, <laughs> you're not going to even give him a chance. Oh, he's born with skeleton arms. Yep, that kid's not good from the get go. <laughs> um, but like, they fought and then eventually, like, they decided to split off and, like, uh, and Black Wolf um, decides to, because, oh, this whole thing's set like a millennia after uh, the world blows itself up due to war. Right. Um, which uh, I was like, oh, also similar to Star Wars. You just start, like you got to have a planet explode in there somewhere. And also, like I like how it shows the planet explode, but then we're now back on Earth. I'm like, what happened? How did it get put back together again? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I I will say too, and this is I I feel like maybe singularly to me as a person, but I I get really. <laughs> I get really bored with exposition quickly. Oh, so, this is not the film for you then, was it? No. Um, <laughs> if And again, I've always said, like with Star Wars, that's the brilliance of the crawl is, is that you get, 
you know, three paragraphs of exposition and then you're into the movie and it's done in a way that you've got to kind of read it as you're watching it and the music's going and, you know, it at least involves you in some of it. This is like literally portions of this film are just drawings and then somebody telling you more about what's going on. Um, and boy, did that draw the movie out for me? Um, yeah, because like the the, the pages, they're, they're they're these wonderful. It's like brown parchment with like white like uh white like pencil work, right? Like it looks it looks like almost like growing up you'd see like like reading Rainbow or something where they would like you know do the slow transitions between the images of the book, and you'd see these wonderful like they look like um almost like what you'd have for. Not proof of concept, but like initial storyboard ideas, or not even storyboard ideas, but like they're much more polished like, than that. Yeah, absolutely, but you're, this is your pitch book that you take and be like, and this is what happens next, and this is what happens yeah. next. And knowing the budget of this film and knowing how they had to put it together, I don't know if that's not what that is. You yeah. know, at times, you know, like. Well, I'll also say that, uh, and again, we can talk about this as further we get in the movie. There isn't a whole lot that goes on throughout the movie until you get to the very end. <laughs> and so it's like there's these transitions and then you go back to nothing happening. For um, for an animated movie, there's a lot of telling and not showing, which is weird. Yeah. Which I never thought I'd have that with an animated film, but you're right. It's, so you get the story of these two brothers and, and blah, 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 blah. They're upset. But, um, but Black Wolf goes off to resurrect like technology. And then uh, Avatar goes off to become... You know, um, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. I was going to say Telly Savalas. That's not right. Peter Falk. Columbo. Uh, he, yeah, he goes. He goes off to be Columbo, and uh, that's you know just one more question. Um, and then he's like in the land of magic, and his brothers in like the land of technology, but he's also still a wizard. Um, so then the conflict is is that Black Wolf wants to take over the world, and every time up to this point, when he summons like the orcs and all the ugly people, they always get easily scared by the elves. Um, but then he has a secret weapon and that causes this big major conflict. So that's your, that's the starting, basically the starting off point for the film. Other than there's like another 15 minutes worth of talking of exposition in there. Yeah. Um, this thing's like 82 minutes long too. Just want to point that out. Yeah. The that's, longest 82 minutes of my life. That's the funny thing is that, uh, for 82 minutes, it, 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 it wasn't quite as bad as say solar babies where like solar babies <laughs> I had with uh, like, you know, interrupted uh, commercials cause they watched it for free on voodoo. So I kept marking my spot every time I knew that we were like, and I be like, Oh my God, there's still 45 minutes of this. Oh my God. There's still this amount of time. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't quite that bad cause it was an uninterrupted view since I, I purchased the film. Since you now own it. Yes. Yes. But, um, it feels like a long 82 minutes, which that's not a good thing for an 82 minute film. It should no. leave you wanting more. And uh, I was trying my best because I know once I get a number in my head, I have a hard time being like, okay, are we done yet? And I know watching some of those canon films for the blog, I would be like pausing and be like, oh. You know, I'd see it. Yeah. And it suddenly, none of these felt like a sprint anymore. They felt like a marathon. <laughs> and while watching this one, at one point, I just remember hitting pause because I was going to get up and use the restroom. And I was just like, huh. And I watched it with my wife. And she's like, well, it's not that much longer. Because she, she could, it was one of those things where, like, you could tell our level of engagement would kind of like, at first I was like, yeah. And then it just kind of started dipping and dipping and dipping. And it's, it's unfortunate that I know we're kind of, I, I know I'm kind of stepping on my feelings about the film, but they're, 
there are some really cool things that happen in this movie in terms of looks, but there's also some interesting story points too. It just, it's weird how you can have all this kind of happening, but then still kind of lose me. And I don't know. It's just, it's a weird mix. You've got very interesting visuals going on. You've got at times some really funny commentary. Um, people often will go on about the um the scene involving religion um oh yeah the, the two guys in the temple yeah um i didn't find that as interesting as i did the um the interplay between um i guess they're just goons i, I don't remember their names but the the one guy's like fritz oh my god they shot fritz yeah and this is very early in the movie it's like two guys who they kind of look like robots. They're just wearing green suits, I think. I think they're referred to as stormtroopers. That's yeah. another reason why. I mean, I know stormtrooper is a, a thing from, like, you know, the Nazis. But, again, another film that came out, the, yeah. you know, they're stormtroopers. But, yeah, I like that the whole thing, like, they, they showed them, like, three times. But this, but they also kind of felt different. Like, the one was an idiot, like, in the one segment. But I loved, as goofy as that was, I, some of those jokes were actually pretty good. Yeah, because he's 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 talking about his friend Fritz, and oh my god, I can't believe they shot Fritz. He's dead. Oh my god, and Fritz is like, oh, I'm okay. I'm just hanging out here on the ground for some reason. And then he starts to get up, and the other guy accidentally shoots him. And he's like, oh my god, they killed Fritz. Well, because the whole thing too is like, you're always stepping on my, you know, like basically being like, you're robbing me of my glory here, my outrage. Yeah. And he's like, and he shoots him by accident. He's like, oh no, they shot Fritz. You know, like, yeah. That was funny. Um, oh, there was a bit. There was two. There's another bit when they're in the bar talking to each other, and then the bit when they go in the temple was actually kind of funny too, because some of the the straight man and and stupid man comedy actually wasn't bad. Right. Um, so there's bits here and there where I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But tonally, this thing would kind of whiplash back and forth, where yeah. you'd have that, uh, you'd have the cartoon sound effects of people falling on their butts or whatever. And it was like this whole weird thing of like. What is going on? Well, it's also, you know, I mean, and let's get into it. I mean, it's mixed in with, you know, actual photography of Nazis in uh, Hitler and, (sighs) you know, using uh, the idea of propaganda as what is, that's the thing that Black Wolf has hit upon. And that's the thing that he's using to raise his army, basically, is this footage of Hitler. Or to convince them they're invincible and, and then put fear in the eyes of the elves, which you know, it works. It wasn't quite clear exactly how that was happening, but right. I've, I'm already this far into the movie. I like, I don't know, whatever. But like, it was stirring imagery. And part of the rotoscoping like effect would basically what that, that means is that they would project um, the film image on like a cell and then people, then they would actually paint over it. So yeah. you'd actually get like that kind of that life, life capture, which has been something that's been around for a while, but he kind of took it in different directions. I liked like, you'd see like, what was clearly war footage or footage from war films and how it was like done in like the silhouette, but you'd see devil horns on the troops or you see red eyes, like just amazing imagery. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I get that they're getting the point, but it's like, you're, you're revealing something here with seeing this. And it's like, that's, that was just like, that was amazing. The weird funky 70s score behind it all the time. Wasn't so much, but the, the score didn't help. And it, then you would, you would wobbled. see something like that. And then you would go back to avatars lair where he's just sitting there for, I don't know, three quarters of the movie. Like, I feel like, I feel like the movie waits to start for some reason. Yeah. Like, then he's talking to the one chick who's like supposed to be like half, uh, half fairy or something like, is it Elaine or, um, Eleanor? Yeah, uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, Eleanor. Um, 
and how like at one point he's like, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, just sit there. And it's like, it's just this total cheesecake shot. And it's like, you got yeah. avatar looking directly at the camera of like, when, why, why would I get out of bed? Like, it's just, you're literally just saying, yeah, my brother has this uh, machine that's, it's going to kill the whole world, but I can look at her boobs. Like just, yeah. like, what is going on? And like, it's, it's very weird too, uh, that he's a wizard, but he's also, I, I think just for all intents and purposes, he's your stereotypical hippie, I guess, of that yeah. time. Um, that smokes cigars with his foot, like yeah. his feet. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I will say that uh, I found him to be the most, um, I don't want to say enraging, um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I kept like, I started to hate him because I'm like, just do something. Yeah. But it's it's funny, like, I kept watching it, I kept thinking of, um, oh, uh, uh, John... DiMaggio's King from um, Disenchantment, because <laughs> like, it's like like his voice. It's it's not that far away from that. It's yeah. still kind of like oh, they're both kind of schlubby rulers. I'm <laughs> like they're kingdoms, and it just makes me wonder if they're kind of channeling a little bit of that. Like, eh, what are you going to do? Like but type like, of thing. Literally, there are like different time moments during the movie where he's just like, ah, oh, let's just stop for now. Yeah. Like, let's just stop the movie cold, and I'll sit here and talk for five minutes. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah, and so th there's things that he says sometimes. Well, the, what, so we there's the robot, Necron 99, which is a badass name for any robot. But and they mention it's a robot, like, twice. I don't know. But it's this, it's the not-so-lumpy. He's, like, droopy Deadpool. Um, and he's sent out by uh, Black Wolf to go and shoot anybody that has like any semblance of like magic and it's yeah. like that's kind of a cool idea mm. him and the other like bounty hunters were like whatever you want to call them like patrolling and this the ways in which there was a scene of him on like a hillside just like waiting like and just completely still and it, the sun will go down and come back up it's like he's just waiting for the opportunity because he knows something's going to happen it's like that's kind of cool like um the bit where he shows up at a avatar's place though because there's like the president or the king or whatever, like the president of the the place. I don't know. He's wearing like a fool's mask, so I'm, there's comedy there. Yeah. But like literally, Necron's just standing there for like most of the scene, and everyone's like just talking, not noticing the murder robot that's right behind them. <laughs> um, I kind of I kind of liked what the the idea of the character of like you have a you have a mission, you're going to go snuff all this out. That's why you exist. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, and then um, he's turned into a, a character named Peace. Yeah, that's dumb. I mean, <laughs> it, I, I, it's so on the nose. But then th there's the bit later, though, where um, he's, again, he's just sitting on the hillside, and Eleanor goes over to talk to him. And, like, all hell breaks loose. You're not sure what happened to begin with. But, like, Black Wolf suddenly is, like, making this big portal, trying to capture, like, people's souls or something. And Avatar shuts it down. And then um, she's like, well, I'm sorry. I went over and just put my hand on his arm. And he was like you distracted him. His mind is in constant conflict between the pull of black wolf and the pull of freedom. And it's like, there was such a cool idea in there yeah. about him being conflicted. And then it's just, ne it's like never visited upon again. Had that been introduced at the beginning when he was trying to convince people, like he can be good if given a chance, there could have been something really neat in there, I guess. Maybe I'm thinking about it years after, but it's like, clearly this was in back. She's head when he wrote it. Yeah. You know, and it, it was probably obvious to him the entire time. But that was, I like, that was a cool idea is that you can't, if you distract him too much, all is lost. I mm -hmm. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I liked that idea. And I, I, I think that's other, the other part of the problem, uh, at least with uh, when it comes to Avatar, is, is that everyone else around him is just 
far more interesting than he is. Um, the villain is, you know, Black Wolf is interesting just because of his visual and the fact that he's, you know, juxtaposed against all this Nazi imagery. Um, Eleanor is, you know, a, a, a sexy elf. So I guess, you know, she's far more interesting visually than just... I think that's the other thing is, is that Avatar is just like, I don't know, he's so just... He's a red nose and a hat over his eyes, and uh, like, you know he wouldn't stick out being like a wizard in Hagar the Horrible, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like so his his look is like he almost would like not stick out in like the Flintstones. Like he, this, yeah. That, his character is is not interesting, or how do I? So his character was both frustrating for me visually and um, in just conception all the way. Like yeah. I. Yeah, so that was frustrating, and it's but so let's let's talk about Black Wolf for a little bit. Like when you say like steeped in this imagery of like this like just the the industrial look of the backgrounds of that place, like it was really imposing. Yeah. Of Scorch, uh, Scorch is a cool idea. Um, the fact that like he's rebirthing all this like old technologies, all these old war machines, which that's kind of scary and interesting. There's literally a point where it's like an overhead shot. It's a little tilted where he's sitting in a chair and there's just this huge SWAT stick he's sitting in the middle of. And it's like, shit, like this is ridiculous. And then what really upset me, and I know it's on purpose, is the one character, uh, Larry the Lizard, is like ripping pieces off of this like pig carcass. And then the the tail end of the scene, the carcass turns and you see the star David on it. It's like, I'm like what is going on? Like it was just, and, and my wife's like, well, you know, Ralph back. She isn't subtle. I'm like, well, I get that, but I'm like, what is going on? Like, just, <laughs> um, so it was just that slapped me in the face. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, I, I mean, the swatch stick of stuff should have, and it does. Right. Um, because unfortunately that stuff is like, you know, it doesn't, it hasn't got away. And it, and, 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 and at this time, and that's somehow all, it keeps coming back and I don't you know, understand how but yeah um and it's another thing say I'll, I'll compare this to Star Wars where Lucas was definitely pulling upon like you know the Hitler and Nazi Germany for Darth Vader and the stormtroopers and all that right yeah. and like so and so you could tell that these were thoughts in these people's heads when they're creating these things at the time and it, it and it's like and, and their generation wasn't that far removed from their parents fighting in these wars right but it's like, what about the mid seventies that they think this stuff's creeping back in? I don't know. I'm sure there's something historically shown that I know that the, the civil rights movement showed a lot of ugly that started showing up there too. But this is something that clearly it's like, you can't forget your past because it's going to doom your future. Like, and I feel like that's very thematic between this and star Wars in that sense of like, you let these guys run stuff, bad stuff's going to happen, you know? And, and there is a rebellion, you know, and there is magic powers, AKA force. And you have Mark Hamill on both of them. Yeah. But is there <laughs> magic powers? Cause I don't feel like he actually does anything. Yeah. He did. I, well, at one point he put flowers up all over the place. Like, he, yeah. You know, okay. This, that I was, forgot about that. I laughed about, I laughed at that. Cause I'm like, this is ridiculous. This guy's lost his mind. He's like, I'll put flowers all over. It's like, what? Well, I, I, that's the other thing that I, I was gonna say when you. Oh, and he put he put a rain poncho on the the chick when they're walking through the snow. Oh, yeah. He's like, "Oh, you're cold. I won't give you pants though. I won't magic up <laughs> pants for you. I will magic up a rain poncho." <laughs> you don't get pants or boots. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, I think that's the the other thing that you were hitting upon though. I would rather be slapped in the face with something. Uh, whether it be the Star of David, the the Nazis turn, uh, all that stuff. 
than just be bored, which is what I was with Avatar. And I think that's when my frustration came in this movie. Yeah, and so um, I feel like it had had this been like a liquid television short, like on MTV, like 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 two like like over the course of the season, liquid television, you had like five episodes of Wizards. Like there would be like three or four minutes a piece. I think you would have be like, oh, I want to kind of know more about that, and then you go long form. You're like, I don't want to know any more about that. Yeah, and I I hate that. That's my feeling. Like I I, I wanted to love this movie, and the trailers bonkers. The, like, the trailers yeah. bonkers, and I'm like, all right, I'm in for a ride. Let's go. And and between story transitions that took forever to sitting around listening to Avatar just babble to. You know, you're, like you said, your tonal shifts, things like that within the story. It just, I, I my review on Letterboxd, because uh, I've made a, a point that if I'm going to ever write a review on Letterboxd, it'll always just be one, one sentence. And this is the way that I put it on Letterboxd is just striking visuals combined with storytelling that gets that often gets in its own way. And I feel like that's exactly that's fair. You know, that's a more succinct way of what I've been talking about, but. I hate that, like, the main character of the film I can't get behind. Not because I'm, like, opposed to what he's doing. It's just because he's not doing anything. And um, and we haven't even talked about, like, um, God, the, uh, the, the, the elf who's um, uh, um, Weequay? We, we, is it no, Weequay? No, that's from Moby Dick, I think. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's also it's also a Star Wars reference. Yeah, so. the, yeah the, the Weehawk. Weehawk. Thank yeah, you. which I, so people come at me. That's uh, fine. the The animation style of the elves, like I, there's a book series that my wife loves called Elf Quest. Oh, I, she's one of she's a, a, a Wendy Peeney uh, Elf Quest fan. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that art style. <laughs> I just something about it just it just it just it rubs me the wrong way, and the elves all look like that. Like when I was watching this at first, I'm like, man, He Man got weird. Like I just what I felt like where like I get that you're going for a certain look. I just don't like that style of look. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a cage here. And you okay. Pick. Uh, you have a style drawn in. Uh, the Elf Quest style, or you've got characters drawn in Mike Magnola style, which I know you also seem to have problems with. Oh, I have. Who do you I, go with? I'm Magnolia all day long because, like, there, there's, um, there's uniqueness. Like, not that I'm not saying the other style it isn't, but it's like at least there's something there. Like, I get frustrated with his work. I'm not saying that it's not worthy of exploration. Okay, I would read every Hellboy thing ever. Well, one because I would just want to read it anyway. But if I had to choose what art style to look at for the rest of my life and just be stuck in this cage that you're putting me in, thanks. Um, <laughs> yes, I would choose Magnolia. That, that's not even okay. That's not even a contest. I was like, just curious because I you every yeah. time I bring up Magnolia, you 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 slay the hearts of thousands of artists by going, yeah, I don't like. Him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I just know. I was curious of which was less appealing to you. I, no. It's just something about like that stock fantasy look. Just yeah. I hate it. I just don't know what it is about it. I just despise it. Like Yeah, and his character, unfortunately, he doesn't really have an arc either. He's just no. the you know, the the warrior who doesn't really go anywhere. Like he does, he goes along with the journey. I mean, but... he's the, he's kind of the like the, the the kick in the ass for a lot of them where he's like, We gotta go do this. Like yeah. he's like and now Tar's like, ah, oh, I'm just too old. I'm just gonna lie in bed and look at boobies all day. And it's like, no, old man, we need to go do this. And it's like <laughs> I'm not wrong. That's no, kind of where he was at, you know. Like, um, 
you know, and, and he was like, no, he's like, there's there. And I also thought it was interesting that like, it's cause it's this weird thing where avatar refers to, he knows what black wolf's thing is. He's like, he has a dream machine or whatever he said, like speaking to about the projector. Yeah. And then later on, they're like, they literally say the word projector. I'm like, how would they know what that word is? Like if, if technology is lost, you know? Right. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little weird to me. Um, and how did you feel about like all the elves lined up on the front line of like, well, we're going to give them hell, aren't we? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, here comes a movie. No. Yeah. Like, I, that was strange. I felt that, uh, some of the action was strange. Um, particularly, um, you know, the, the, there's different characters like, um, uh, well, even Avatar gets shot with an arrow at one point, mm-hmm. but, um, it's it's very odd in the sense that uh, it's cartoon violence, but at the same time, it's 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 again juxtaposed with that very real violence. So it's there's times I where it's, it's like harsher. oh yeah, there's times where it's like oh that person's skull got cleaved in half, and you see brains. You're like why? Like just you know yeah. And again, I know it's supposed to kind of like leave you uneasy, where it's like you're kind of watching this like fun fantasy story. Fun, I'm putting quotes. Um, you know, it's just it's had I watched this as a kid. It would have messed me up. Yeah. Like let's just it's like my older brother subjected me to Pink Floyd's The Wall without context once. And just he was like, I'm just gonna watch this movie. And I think I was like like eleven or twelve. So what's the proper context to give a, a kid before he watches to just be like you're too young to get high, so this won't uh, really uh, sit well with you. Well even I don't know. I, I think if you just say this is a movie not to be taken literally, and it's about a guy going going crazy. I think then at least I would have okay. accepted like the transitions to animation and back. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on with that movie, and it broke my mind. Um, that, that's not this conversation, but this this is one of those ones. I'm sure if I would have watched it at the the wrong time, it would probably weirded me out and probably gave me nightmares in some fashion, just because there's a that's lot fair. there's a lot of stuff on the fringes that you're just like, why did that happen? You know, and um. But yeah, it's just, I, there, there is, there's, there's worth in this film just in the sheer willpower it took to get it made. Yeah. I mean, you were saying the liquid television route would probably be the best for this if, if it was somehow diced up into like maybe five, three minute shorts. I also think like if this was just a music video that, yeah, and like, you know, tools playing over top of it or something like that, you'd be like, that video kicks ass. But like, (laughs) just get, get like guar. (laughs) <laughs> or like something over top with all the marching armies and everything. Like I don't care. Like yeah. just just show all that stuff. Just cut some of the Nazi stuff out and just like you got yourself yeah. a music video. And I, I, here's the one thing I can say about this movie that I did like at least about its ending is, um, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I don't know that we have too much more to really say at this point. Um, it's interesting the method in which Avatar uses to defeat his brother because it I, I, comes I, out of nowhere I, I, yeah it's like i i know it's trying to say something and i like other than like uh you know it, the you know, black wolf is being undone by his own like yeah. seeking of like technology or whatever and that's kind of okay but it's like but for someone who was so like against technology as being this wizard i mean i guess that'd be the one thing you didn't see coming yeah. and so i so i i literally did not know that was what was going to happen so for me, it just it made me like it, it. It got me because it was you were expecting a big wizard fight, <laughs> and you didn't expect it what, to just. Steve, what's the name of the film? Wizards. Wizards. So what's what? 
plural. I need to see some wizard <laughs> shit going on. So when Avatar pulls out a gun and shoots Black Wolf to end the movie, that was kind of surprising, and I, I liked being surprised by that moment. Um, it's the only thing that Avatar does really in the movie that I enjoy, but like... Oh, we didn't even mention, I'm sorry, I cut you off. There's a th- story thread of uh, Black Wolf trying to have a child. Oh, with, God, I with, forgot about yeah, that. With the, the queen who, like, the his, his counsel's like, it's going to be a mutant. He's like, well, you know, basically, he's like, if it is, I'll kill it, you know? And she's like, how you how could you even give, you give this thing a chance or whatever? It's like, and you're supposed to, you're like, I don't know what she's about, but we're probably going to get more of her. And we get one other scene with her where yeah. she's screaming at uh, Weehawk because he's like, I don't know, in, in a dungeon or something. And uh, something about, like, you don't, like, you don't consider things and all, the, but basically, like, she's bemoaning both sides of this warfare going on. Like she's like berating him, but also mad at black wolf. Right. And then, uh, avatar like shoots black wolf and the castle starts crashing down and that's it. We never know what happens to her or her unborn child. I'm like, Oh, so that, that didn't pay off. Like what just happened there? Yeah, that was a, uh, honestly, I'd completely forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. (laughs) It Cause it's, it was completely inconsequential. Because it felt like it should have been something. You yeah. felt like maybe, maybe like because the movie starts off with the birth of two brothers. Like, what if this was the birth of two more brothers that you know? And this time they look identical, so you don't know. There's the hope that there will be balance and peace in this world. Look, I just made maybe a better ending to that movie for you. Congratulate. You're welcome. You can use that if you want. You know, um, take that forty year old movie. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever it is the robot said in uh, episode three when it delivered the babies. <laughs> was it like was it like Babu and Booba or whatever it said? Uba. Uba. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You got two Ubas there. You could you could have done that, you yeah. know. But yeah, it's just there like not that this thing needs to be remade. It doesn't need to be extended. Like there's always talks of Wizards 2, which I would hope it would be T O O, like Wizards <laughs> as well. Um, I think that'd be great. Uh, this doesn't need to get like a Netflix revival. It doesn't need like the Dark Crystal treatment. Um, I think it should exist where it is. It's just that you could see some interesting bones in it that yeah. I wish upon the first pass would have been more pronounced because then you could maybe talk about this thing having legs, you know, but as it stands, it's, you know, I, I'm never going to begrudge somebody by being like, this is the art I want to make. And this is the art I want to put out in the world. It's up to you to decide if you want to accept it and judge it for what it is. Fine. And the fact that this movie made money, great. This was engaging enough. And again, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of like, if you saw a poster for this and you saw a trailer by chance, you're going to pay your money and walk in the theater and be like, I'm going to see some weird shit. And for 1977, this was some weird shit, you know? It's some weird shit today and, still. And, and, for I sure. Just... But like, but like when I mentioned liquid television and I mentioned like adult swim, yeah. like we've seen really fringe animation that pushes things mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and it's like, so we're, I think we're mentally prepared for when things go like, you know, off the reservation, we'll be like, okay, I can, I can associate with this for a while because my parameters for what's acceptable in terms of like, as an experience are there. Um, this is almost like me diving headfirst into a band. I don't know. And I go straight to their concept album. Like, dude, you got to understand there's these wizards and there's going to be a fight and it's going to be all this stuff. And it's like, well, is this anything on the album sleeves? No, you just got to read about it. It's like, this is not going to sound like good music, but just listen. It's going to, it's going to grow on you. Like that's what it, that's what it feels like to me, you know, like, 
Um, yeah, and I know that there are people out there who really love this movie, and it's it's achieved its cult status because of that. I I just I wish I hadn't been disappointed by it. That's the thing that sucked. I was kind of dreading talking about this movie. This is like I wanted to like this movie, and I. I you know, we we go on about um, you know how we try not to be the show of the hate casting. You know, we yeah. don't we don't want to do that. Um, but I was really struggling with like what to talk about. I mean, I can only say striking visuals for so long. Like, <laughs> um, but I did there visually. There was one other thing that I wanted to mention was uh, this is just interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you recognize the name of Mike Plug while you're doing your your research. No, uh, there was a couple other people I saw it here, but um, no, what's uh Mike Plug stuck out to me just because he's uh, an artist who he worked on uh, Ghost Rider uh, when they first came out with Ghost Rider. He also worked on um, the uh, first uh, House of Frankenstein comics that Marvel did in the oh, '60s. Looks like he did Were- Werewolf by Night as well. So. Uh, Werewolf by Night okay. as well. Um, he's worked on films. He worked on, I believe, he did some of the concept stuff for The Thing. I believe uh, he worked on Ghostbusters. He worked on he he's he went on to have a really big career doing a lot of different things uh, in a lot of different mediums. Um, and, and you, sorry, I just, you're, everything you're saying is here in front of me on the internet. So you pull that from your mind. Uh, it said the thing Superman two Little Shop of Horrors. There maybe that's the new one. I can't. But which one is this? Yeah, it has I to be the imagine, one. Yeah, it's yeah, the one. Jesus, yeah, it wouldn't be the one from the fifties. Uh, and also the Dark Crystal. Yeah, and Labyrinth, which. That kind of makes sense, like which is when they were showing his when they were showing the transition drawings that we were talking about earlier. I I thought it might have been his artwork simply from the style, not because I could immediately connect to it, but I was just like, ah, oh, there's something familiar about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw his name, I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. Maybe that is his stuff. But it said that he was he was doing more backgrounds, so I don't know. Yeah, and, and also it should be recognized too that. With this film and like the studio that Ralph Bakshi created, there was a lot of a lot of unique voices brought in, and actually a lot of like um, diversity too at the time, which was like not heard of. So yeah. he, you could tell, and also he was he was born he was born Jewish, which I mean, that's like he relates. to, There's probably things he heard, you know, because he grew up in Palestine, like was born there and moved was moved to New York is what I, like she was born in Palestine, like a year old moved to New York. But so I'm sure there's like he's heard stories, he's probably seen history, like yeah. so like him like making things more open and being also also being told repeatedly like you can't do something. I'm sure that's like the exact opposite of what he grew up with. Like you told me no, we can do this, you know. Yeah. And also like I like that he says that this is his family film, which is weird considering. But like he. He never stuck with one thing. Like he did a lot. He did Mighty Mouse. Like he brought that back in the eighties. He did a lot of things too. So I could appreciate the man behind this. I could appreciate the thought. I could appreciate like the the imagery and the intent. Um, that does that mean it connected with me? No. Does that mean that I enjoyed this film for what it was? No, but there's a lot here. Like there's like individual frames of like some of the, the rotoscope stuff that it's like, if that was just made to like just a single like poster or something, that would be awesome. Like mm-hmm. I love, there's the, some, just some of that stuff. Like it's just, it's really cool looking and you almost wish there'd be that same type of daring now. And there probably is. There's probably some weird corners of the internet where people are still doing things uh, kind of by hand and trying to challenge and still experiment, right? So uh, without this film, I don't know 
I, I don't know what would exist after. Like, I don't know what this like inspired people to do. It had to inspire people to do something, you know, like, and my knowledge is limited. I'm sure there's projects. People are like X, Y, Z. I'm like, that makes sense. I don't know. Five O goes West. Probably not. Like, that's probably not the one Heathcliff, the movie, probably not that one either, but it did show that their independent animated cinema had a place. And, um, what was it? They said that Fritz the Cat was like the the, the highest grossing independent animated film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it just shows that you do something of worth and intent. People will still support it. Maybe not wizards. <laughs> and that's our talk on wizards. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't know that I could sum it up any better than the way you just put it. Um, so um, two things one uh, i was using the the example of like digging into a band it was like ah, you know it's like i will the two bands i'll throw out there one is radiohead where it's like oh you gotta you gotta be ready for this because of this this and this you're like okay great you listen to them like i don't get it they're like give it six months and then suddenly you're like oh it all makes sense i don't know if i get it with this film but i can i can relate to that type of notion uh there's another band the flaming lips that um i'm actually going to finish the show with one of their songs that they're an odd band to try to approach. And I'm not saying I like all their stuff. Cause there's some other stuff that's too weird for me, but there was like a sweet spot of like two or three albums that I'm absolutely in love with them and they operate on their own frequency. So either you're in or you're not, you know, and then the lead singer, he would take different chances um, with like the way music was put together. Like I'll give you a quick story. He made like 40 different cassette tapes of like sounds and like beats and just like all these, like just things. And he asked people in like Kansas city, like, Hey, come to this drive-in and just show up and I'm going to give you all cassette tape and you're going to put it in your car and you're all going to hit play at the same time. And he did this and it just, it just told people get up and walk around and just let the sounds kind of hit you. He wanted to create like this unique live sound experience. And then he ended up putting out an album, the, the Flame Lipstick called Zarika, which is four CDs that um, he basically planted. Like there's 12 tracks on all four. So if you play them all four at the same time, you're supposed to hear all 12 tracks. But he knew that CD players all had different like rates of playing to start stuff. So he's like, you'll never get the same album twice. Like that was his whole goal with that. And it's like. That's challenging. So how can you have a song that's like stuck in your head if you don't hear it the same way twice? Mm-hmm. So I could appreciate this type of experimentation. I own, I owned Zurika. I didn't listen to it a whole lot because it wasn't always the best thing to listen to, but I appreciated it, you know? So I kind of, I'll put that in that kind of part of my brain of this exists. It's interesting. You know, it definitely, there's a, there's a swath of people out there who probably love this. It wasn't for me, but I am glad that I watched it and got it off my list. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to see. God, I'm just saying the same damn thing all over yeah, again. No, it's, it's, but it just uh, the point that I was going to make is, is like, there's a lot of times where art doesn't always land with me, um, and you know, so I sometimes wonder if it's me or if it's the art itself. Um, because it's it's hard to be a critic sometimes because it's it's just well maybe this just didn't land with me because of what I like or what my what my uh, interpretation of things is um so I do struggle with that and I struggled coming into the conversation with that was you know a lot of people do seem to like this what is it that I'm not getting out of it you know it's like an installation artist like I don't always get it like I I'm an artist, but I, I don't get it. Or I literally you know. walked by a TV today at my place of work that was a large screen TV that had a room showing a video of a room that was full of tiny remote control helicopters landing and flying. 
and that was on a loop. Like it was like a room full of like a hundred of these little model like uh, helicopters just flying around, crashing each other and flying. And I'm like, that's art. <laughs> like, right. like, like I don't know what that means, <laughs> but someone had a thought. Like yeah. you know. So I I don't mean to make it sound like I'm I'm putting that down. I just I, I it's sometimes hard for me to criticize something because I'm just like well maybe I just don't understand it. Like for instance when we had the conversation about Prometheus, I was talking about how. When I was doing research, there were people telling me like, "Oh, you just don't get it." And I'm like, "No, I get this. This oh, uh, Prometheus is pretty pretty easy to get. It's just not good." <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, like people are like, "You just don't get it." It's like, no, 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 no. Like mentally, I understand what's going yeah. on. It's just that no, just because just because <laughs> I'm not a, just because I'm not reacting the same way. You does does not mean that I don't understand it. Right. You know. And so whereas with yeah. the more experimental things, that sometimes it is hard to understand. I'm like, well, is it just because it doesn't go to my taste or the way that I like stories to be told? Yeah. Or is it something else? So it's it's really hard for me to criticize this movie. Um, I would say that if you're somebody who wants to take a dive into animation, it's an interesting place to to start if you're like me and uh, you know my again, I don't have a huge basis of like, you know, movies that I can go to and say, you know, like, oh, this really you know, outside of your, you know, Batmans and things like that. I don't have like a, a big instrumental, you know, animated fl- film or you know that I can go to. So hopefully throughout this year you know, I'll I'll make some discoveries, and I hope you guys do as well. Um, but this one, I don't know if it's the one you want to start with, and I don't know if we're going to do the. Uh, I, I if we're going to hold it up as the, uh, the barometer, better or worse. I mean, you know, just, going into the year. But I try to come up with three questions at the end here. I'm still like, like hopefully, this may be able to develop a little over time. Is better or worse than the apple? Well, I'm just, <laughs> I I was going to kind of mention that like. That one was such an outlier for the year of canon, but it was like also one that I'm like, we need to watch this movie. And that's also one that was kind of like a almost a singular vision of Menachem Golan that you're yeah. like, this is weird. And all that ending. And it's like, I like there the 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 willpower in the vision of both the this film and uh, the Apple, I don't think I think they live in the same neighborhood. Like, because I think it would just get, <laughs> you know, and and the music sometimes does. I don't yeah. know. Um, the score, like you you know me. I actually think the music in the Apple is better. I, yes. Um, <laughs> I, you know me. I like some seventies weird scoring. Yeah. This wobbles so much all over the place that I just couldn't get a read for it. Where it's like you get really synthy and moogie, and then you get like real jazzy, and it's like. It just like I was trying to listen to a little bit of the soundtrack before you came over, and people have it up online, and it's just like it just there was nothing there was no bit in there that I'm like that's what I want to play for the show. Mm-hmm. It was it was frustrating, but again, that feels like it also feels like it's completely of this project too. So, you know, it, it, it it's wizards, and also I should note the note that uh, George Lucas. Uh, asked Ralph Bakshi directly, he's like, because this this film was supposed to be called uh, War Wizards. Yeah. He's like, hey, can you take the war name off because I have Star Wars coming? And Bakshi's like, okay, I'll do that because you let Mark Hamill come in and butcher a couple lines. Like, did you pick up where he was in the movie? Yeah, he's literally killed within like a minute and a half of his introduction. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's like, I think 40 minutes into the movie yeah. and then he's dead within a minute and a half. Yeah, which I'm like, I was like, because I kept trying to like listen. I'm like, that's him. That has to be him. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I, I don't have questions at the end. I can tell Steve and I both did not enjoy this movie for for being a for being a film to watch. 
there is there is interest in the man behind it. There's some ideas in the themes. Um, almost, I'd almost say pick your favorite like Pink Floyd album and just throw it on and just watch the movie without sound. Like, mm-hmm. or you know, or Radiohead or the Flaming Lips doesn't matter. Just pick something. You know, like just pick something weird. Have fun with it and just watch the movie. This would be one to put on the background without context. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, if if I worked in like a bar and like we had a big screen or something like that that you know there's no sound to, you yeah. know, and there's music playing, I would definitely would throw this because it's it's definitely weird visuals and and it'll uh definitely get people talking. We'll put it that way. Yeah, this is a good midnight movie type of thing too, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um that's I think that's going to do it for our talk about wizards. Um yeah, we almost we went a little over eighty two minutes, I think. So did we? we? Yeah, I mean, had some random talk at the beginning, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, yeah, before we talk about next week, uh, you guys can find us on our Facebook. It's Invasion of the Podcast. If you love wizards, oh, one thing I want to mention too, pissed me off the entire time. You saw the two legged creatures. Yeah, when they galloped, they wouldn't gallop. They don't have four legs. <laughs> right. They would run. They would run. Why do they sound like they're galloping? That's. <laughs> Why? That bugged me so much. You know, like it's just I didn't go that deep in thought on it to be perfectly honest. But no, but this uh, anytime you're like, no, 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 that's that's four. That's because <laughs> just the stride of a gallop is the front and back. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. They wouldn't sound like that. And then finding out that the reason they weren't drawn were four legs because it would be would be more harder expensive. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was like, I I respect that, you know. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can find us on Phase of the Podcast, it's on Facebook. Uh, you can find our blog, it's Phase of the Podcast.com. Um, I have not figured out what I'm doing this year in terms of writing because so it's going to be a little, it's it, like, I feel like I was pushing so hard putting out other stuff like for the year of Canon and the year of the knockoff that I kind of want to try to figure out what I'm doing next with it. I'm not sure, but there's still a lot of content up there. You guys can read poorly worded uh, reviews of Westerns, weird Italian films and weird Canon films that may also be Italian. Um, and because uh, <laughs> they distributed a lot of Italian stuff too. Yeah. So, Steve, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. And if you want to buy issue one of the comic, you can find it at the Art of the Slash on Etsy. Perfect. So, uh, next week, um, we are talking Batman again, right? Sort of <laughs> by proxy. Um, so next week, that should uh, be the name of our podcast from now on. Batman, Batman by, by proxy. proxy. <laughs> so next week, uh, Birds of Prey and the something or other, the fantabulous, mysterious, um, beautiful escape, whatever. Of Harley the emancipation, Pro- emancipation of Let's, Harley Quinn. Yeah, but I'm gonna, I want to find the actual name because I feel like we need at least to say it. So continue, please. So. <laughs> The, the Birds of Prey movie is coming out uh, the following week. So uh, in preparation of it, uh, we've always talked about how I haven't seen uh, either Suicide Squad or Batman vs. Superman. Uh, we're not going to dive into Batman vs. Superman, but what we are going to do is, is we're going to watch uh, uh, Suicide Squad to talk about that film as it being her first foray into being uh, in a feature film, uh, or at least live action. And then... Uh, uh, well, that's not true because there was a Birds of Prey TV show that Harley Quinn showed him up on for like I don't know, and she was implied in to be on an episode of Arrow. Like they they yeah. they mentioned her, and she you kind of heard some ruckus in the background. Like, so uh, we'll say the the film yes uh, live action debut. Uh, so we're gonna watch Suicide Squad, and we're also gonna I'm gonna pick out a couple episodes of 
Batman the Animated Series so we can talk a little bit about just her origin, uh, the way she was created uh, on Batman the Animated Series, and where she is now as a character in the public consciousness. And we'll see how Steve feels about her representation in Suicide Squad. And, and maybe that won't, maybe, hopefully this won't be dominated by talk about Suicide Squad in general because... I, Steve has not seen it. He will have things to say. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so the actual name of the film is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Is what, okay. So, yeah. So, we're, yeah, we're going to be talking about that next week. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, have a good week. Have a have a safe week. Uh, may nobody stab your house. That would be something I wish upon everybody. <laughs> like, don't let that happen. Um, and I don't know. I got nothing fun to say at the end of Wizards. Uh, Super Bowl is this weekend. Woo! Get yeah, ready woo. for the two teams. I don't even know. Yeah, who's team, it. teams are playing. It's the 49ers and the Chiefs. Oh, no. The 49ers suck. Yeah. Oh, know. no. I hate the Chiefs. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, talk to you next week. <laughs>